0: It's Wyatt's World with Wyatt Wheeler, presented by the Springfield News Leader.
1: Hello, everyone, and I'm coming to you live. It's not really live when it's a podcast, but it is about 2.30 a.m. I am outside of my hotel in Lawrence, Kansas. I just got done writing high school stories for a night. And I accidentally promised that I would do a post-game podcast for Missouri State football, and I guess that's what I'm going to do because it's 2.30. I said I would do it, and I like to do things that I say I'd do. So here it is, a 48-17 loss for Missouri State to Kansas to open up the Ryan Beard era. Um, Not too surprising. I think I was a little more surprised by how it happened um, I think you would have gone into this game thinking, okay, if it's 48-17, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but I was—I came away a little more impressed with the Bears than I thought I was going to. Um, didn't, like I've said in previous podcasts, I did not like too much of what I saw from the offense um, and the little itsy-bitsy bits I saw um, from preseason stuff. We were very limited in our preseason and what we were allowed to go see and what we were allowed to watch um but what i saw it just gave me a reason to just be like okay there's something gonna go there's something going on here that i don't really like um whether it was offensive line play the quarterback battle um especially and then you see some of the departures on the team whether it's receiver um but you know missouri state came into this game there wasn't going to be a lot of expectations on it. They rarely get that with these FBS contests. Um, but Missouri State hung around in there for a lot of the first half. Um, had a lead there with the greatest one minute and 11 seconds, probably since last year's Arkansas game. Um, I think it would definitely be, it's pro- that's probably the best minute 11 seconds that's program seen since that Arkansas game um, when they're leading there by 10 in the fourth quarter. Um, but it was it was it's. It got out of hand there. I think the bears were worn down, especially bears throughout the second half. Uh, there's a go, there goes a car driving by I me. Mean, I'm right. I'm recording this outside hotel room. I'm with uh, my photographer's with me, um, and he's sleeping right now, like a normal person should be. But I'm out here recording a dang podcast uh, as people drive by and wonder why the hell is he talking to himself. But anyway. Missouri State defense allowed a lot of yards. Um, Offense showed some things, and we're going to get to that, especially when we start talking quarterback, because um, that's kind of the story that comes out of this when you consider who the quarterback is, how that quarterback competition played itself out tonight in front of us, um, and maybe some questions whether if you think it was done correctly or if it wasn't, um, and I, and I'm going to say something nice about the offensive line. So that's always a, um, that's always a nice surprise when it comes out of my mouth. But 48, 17, Missouri state found itself down pretty quickly. Um, let's try to get here drives. See, I don't have my, I don't have it when I'm standing outside. I don't have the best access to all of the stuff that I have. So I, I want to be able to see every little thing, um, pretty quickly, but you know, it's, not going to happen when I'm just standing outside but Missouri State down quickly they go three and out their first drive Jacob Clark's out there first drive and three and out you see right off the bat uh, they're trying to establish the run Kansas is in the backfield Um, they try to they try to pass the ball Kansas gets sacked so you're just like oh no this is uh this is a nightmare that you had going into the game coming true and you know what that was probably the worst drive of the entire night for the Bears um, what I really, really hated to see throughout the night a couple times, and Jacob Clark mentioned this during his post-game, um, pre-snap penalties, and he saw a delay of game, he saw some false starts, and you can't have those. When you're going to Kansas, you saw a lot of those, especially in that Oklahoma game, uh, Bobby Petrino's first game at Missouri State during the COVID year. Just things that hurt you when you can't, when you have no room for mistakes. Missouri State did a few of those um, against Kansas that really set the offense back when it was um, trying to just get little chunks of yards here and there. Um, So they go three and out, and then you see really quickly within four drives, Devin Neal, a really good running back for the Jayhawks, a first team all Big 12 guy. And the preseason, goes off for 48 yards. Bears miss a few tackles. He's just so much quicker than all of them. And I saw a lot of comments on social media like the Bears looked slow. And the Bears' defense looked slow. And I kind of paused on that a little bit because I think the quickness of that Jayhawks team is what makes that offense so special. And that's what's, I mean, that's going to be one of the better offenses in the Big 12, especially when they get their quarterback, their star quarterback back there. The problem with Kansas has been its defense. The offense is gonna be pretty good. Uh, They just have not had any bit of defense um, over the last, especially last year when you saw that resurgence. And that quarterback was actually decent last year as well. They just hit a tougher part of the schedule, Big 12 to where they really started to fall apart. Still got bowl eligible and they're in contention to be bowl eligible again this year. And that would only be for the second time in the program's history. And you see a couple what well, you see after that a couple things go Missouri state's way whether it's a fumble from Kansas um the bears caught some breaks on how on a few of those um and a few of those drives to where the bears have Jacob Clark gets hit below the below the knee so that's a 15 yard penalty thank you Tom Brady for making that rule um you see him step up and not get any rush towards him to where he's able to make a good pa- make a pass to pick up a first down. You you see Hunter Woods um, fumble right at the goal line when he looked like he was about to get in. Uh, Bears lucky to recover. They score a, p- a couple plays later um, when Jacob Clark throws to Jamari Robinson who had a good night. So there were the Bears got some breaks on their one big touchdown drive of the game when you consider looking at the score, that's what made it a 7-7 game early. Bears get, Bears are able to respond a little bit later with a field goal to take a 10-7 lead for those great one minute, 11 seconds. But everything had everything that could go wrong for Kansas on that drive went wrong for Kansas. And Missouri State was able to capitalize and get in the end zone, which is what you wanna see them do, which is a great thing. But then you also look at the rest of the night, and they weren't able to do very much else, now we got the cops coming. I don't think they're coming for me just walking around doing a podcast. This hotel's so hidden behind a lot of stuff that I don't know if people are going to be able to get back here and arrest me anyways, just for doing a podcast and talking out talking aloud like a fool. I don't even know if you could pick this up. I could' just be talking to nothing, but and there goes they go zooming by um, so that was that but Missouri State's defense couldn't get stops, and I mean they score they score one, two, three, four, five touchdowns in the last um, 41 minutes of the game. And a few two of those had to do with Jacob Clark turnovers, which we'll talk about. and really if they're a big deal kind of going forward. But Jacob Clark, as we get on to him, that he, when we talked about going into this game, oh, they're going to have two quarterbacks and um, Ryan Beard says we're going to have significant packages for both of them. You end up getting Jacob Clark behind center for the first drive. You got to go three and out. So you think, oh, maybe it's show time in a second drive. Um, no, that's not what happened. They keep Clark in there um they do they move it a little there is another three and out they didn't do anything but then you bring him out for the third drive which makes you really wonder how much of a package they had planned for jordan pesheau and what the plan really was there maybe there was a smoke screen they were going to play clark the whole game anyway but uh, beard said that wasn't the case after the game it's just the way the game played out but clark took every single snap under center even after two interceptions late in the game Um, One of them was, I don't even know who he was throwing to. The next one, um, it looked like he just hesitated just enough for a a defender to be able to jump the ball and rip it out of his receiver's hands. Um, But those are both on him. And you still don't bring in Pacheco after that, which is quite the statement, I think, from Ryan Beard and the staff. And I think that's who they wanted to play the whole time. That's who they've wanted to emerge out of this uh, competition and I don't know how they go in the next week saying oh we're gonna have or we're gonna look at film we're gonna see how that went when you don't have any film on push I think you look at I think you are gonna look at Clark's film and be like okay he was efficient got the ball out quick stepped up in the pocket and did everything we wanted to do in this offense but then you're also gonna see some plays that were missed um, he was efficient with the ball until those interceptions but then you also see the accuracy be a problem at times. To where, if he's able to throw an accurate ball on a on a wheel route, that I mean, that looked like that was a Bobby Petrino play. We've saw, but we've seen Bobby draw that play up with a running back running the wheel out of the backfield, running wide open plenty of times. To where Jason Shelley's been able to throw that ball for a touchdown, whether it's been to uh, Latuless or some of those players in the past, and. Clark underthrows it, and, the, and I believe it was Selden Manning who had to come back and hold up a little bit to catch it. He's caught from behind. You saw a few of those where he just underthrows the ball, and they aren't able to get the extra run after catch that they probably should have. And that's a little bit of that accuracy stuff. Now, if if Jacob Clark's pinpoint accuracy all the time, he's not playing at Missouri State. He's six five. Tar- he's a six five quarterback who's. Um, who left Minnesota throwing one 37-yard pass completion in his career and then, and then not playing the rest of his Minnesota career ending up here. But there were, there were things to like. I think he did enough. I think the coaches saw enough to say, hey, we want to keep him in here. He gives us the best chance to win. And if you believe that against Kansas, I, I can't imagine you don't believe that going into UT Martin. Um, so that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, you look at, the, and then another thing that really stuck out to me in the game was Ryan Beard with the forced down calls, which really don't, they might not be the biggest deal in hindsight when you see, when you see that those two decisions he made on force and short turn into just field goals for Kansas when he decides to punt the ball away on both. But when you're trying to keep up with a Kansas team that's scoring at will, when you're trying to I mean you that's I mean you haven't been able to stop them. You are able to stop them on those field goal drives, but that's still points and that's still missed opportunities to where the Bears get zero points out of those drives and maybe that turns into short fields and touchdowns for the Jayhawks. But when you're in that type of game you wonder you you think Missouri State's gonna be a little more aggressive than that. I think that's pretty, I think that's a pretty telling thing early on that you got to kind of watch how they grow from that going forward. Um, Will Ryan and the staff decide to be a little more aggressive there. I'm sure they have their analytics cards that tell them which, which times it's right to go for it in those situations. But uh, they just, they decided it wasn't the time this week and they look big they're outscored six, nothing by those decisions. So uh, that's something that I, you know, you, you want to learn about the head coach. How is he going to be in some of those situations? And he decided to play it safe and punt. Now you have a great punter, but you have a defense that had been struggling. Um, of course, they only allow six points on those two drives, but those are points at the bear. There's zero points coming the, from the bears. Um, when you're trying, when you're, not having the most opportunities to get them um, and, you're, and you're falling behind in that game. So keeping an eye on that going forward in future weeks, I thought back, okay, when's the last time the Bears were in some of those situations? You, we all remember the fourth and short last season when the Bears were at Arkansas and Bobby Petrino decides, hey, we're, not, we're, we're in a game against one of the top teams in the country. We're not going to waste a drive. We're going to we're gonna try to score here. It turns into a Ty Scott touchdown that um, was one of the biggest plays of the Missouri State Athletics season last year, even though the Bears ended up coming short in the game. So it, it, those are notable things you look at when it comes to head coaches, when it comes to decision-making. And of course, it's just game one for Ryan, but you're learning a little bit about him and how it's gonna be in those future situations. Now we'll see if there's some adjustments there going forward. Um, there's, there, They aren't going to play very many offenses like Kansas if any the rest of the year. You're going to get a North Dakota State, a South Dakota State, and I think Northern Iowa is going to have a really good offense. Southern Illinois is going to be in there as well. So there are going to be some situations where you're going to see the Bears back in some of those to where they're going to need to be scoring as, scoring as many points. Defensively, uh, the Bears were – I tr- I struggle, I go back, we talk, I say something about how that offense was, it was, they had struggles trying to slow it down because of the quickness. I brought up the social media post saying that the Bears look slow. And I wonder how much of that's going to go back to just Kansas being a team that is that much quicker. And Missouri State's not going to be playing against many of those or, those types of offenses through the next few weeks, through next, through maybe the rest of the season. So is the Bears' offense, re- defense really that slow? I don't think it is. I liked what I saw from some of the speed when I've, when I've seen some practices, even going back to the spring, um, there, there were some blown things. You, you saw some wide-open receivers at times running free, getting lost in the secondary. That's going to have to improve. It's a very young secondary that was rebuilt um, throughout this offseason. So there's a lot to – they just have a lot to grow there and can't miss the tackles. And um, I just had a really stru- – just really struggled tonight when you saw when, – when you've kind of looked at past FBS games that the Bears have played. That That was no different than what you've seen. It's just kind of on par with what you've seen with – 500 yards of total offense given up. Um, over 200 rushing yards when Kansas has 245. You saw the defense, you saw the quarterback be extremely efficient, no rush at all getting to him. That's what you're going to want to look for going into a game against a UT Martin. Didn't make the playoffs last year. Of course, they beat the Bears in the playoffs two years ago, but you're going to be looking for some different things there. Um, just trying to find the answers that you might not be able to get a hundred percent answered against an FBS team. That's, uh, well past where the bears are right now. When we knew there would be some little hiccups here and there for a team that lost its starting quarterbacks, lost its offensive mastermind, lost a lot of talent at wide receiver to where a lot of this is homegrown. And a lot of this has been developed throughout the program. It's different than what it's been when it's been, let's let's go get the best transfers and plug them in. That's not how this team was built. And it might not be how these teams are built under um, Ryan Beard going in the future. Maybe you get some of those once the the academic progress rate stuff clears up. But I don't think there's a reason to panic right now. I think there were some good things where you could say, hey, the Bears could probably be competitive with a lot of the FCS teams, I'm not saying they're gonna be a playoff team right off the bat right now, and I'm not gonna rule them out of the playoffs right now. It's game one. They played a, uh, one of the better offenses you're gonna see um, extremely quick. I mean, you know, whether that quarterback played or not for Kansas, that was gonna be how good that offense was. That's um, what they've been, and it's what they showed throughout all, most of last season. So I'm f- pumping the brakes and just saying, hey, it's time to look at what they do next week and see how far they and see how far off they are when they're playing a team and a program um, that's well established under a coach that's been there for quite a while that knows what it's doing. They have some new stuff in their offense as well, um, and that really gets lets you know where how far the Bears is off before Valley season. Of course, they have Utah Tech week four um probably like three months from now when the when the um home schedule starts but it's it's going to be it's fine right now i don't think there's any panic i think there's some reason for optimism i've 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 come away a lot more optimistic than i thought i was going to come out of it and i think that's just kind of what i take away from the loss at kansas so just trying to think i'm just staring out Kansas Lawrence, Kansas is a lot prettier than I thought it was going to be. I thought Kansas was just flat land and uh, nothing, but I, re- I really like uh, I really liked my experience in Lawrence. I know fans kind of thought it was a lot of bo- it was a really boring place to uh, watch a football game, and of course they've been um, they've kind of, they've had Oklahoma, they've had Oklahoma State, they have Arkansas over the last three years, so. That's a little bit better than what you're getting in Lawrence Kansas, and we'll see what happens when they get their foot when they get their new facilities and everything that uh, they're investing out here, and it's a growing program. They're really excited out here, and maybe Missouri State could turn into that someday too. Of course, they're going to go to the American Conference now that uh, SMU's out of there, and MSU fits that geographical uh, blueprint. So. I'll talk to you in a couple of days when Missouri State announces its move to the American Conference. We'll talk more about this. I'm sure I'll talk to Art Haynes about it. I want to get Corey Riggs, who did the color tonight on it, on the on the Tuesday episode. But um, that's going to be all I got for tonight. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any reason to panic about what you saw from Missouri State. There's reason to be optimistic going into UT Martin and the rest of the FCS season. Um, until, unless those games uh, go the wrong way and turn into what a lot of us, I think, expected going at a night, but um, yeah, that's about it. The Missouri State loses to Kansas. Um, This was your post-game show that was supposed to be immediate, but I had some high school stuff to write. It's 2.45 and I'm gonna go back into my hotel room, throw this up online and um, talk to you guys later.
2: Um Taylor two halves. Came out, played aggressive football, competed in the first half. Thought we had some good change ups at halftime. Uh, came out flat on both sides of the ball. We turned the ball over on offense. Uh, we, we couldn't tackle on defense, which which is extremely frustrating. Um, obviously we got some young guys in the back end. We had some breakdowns there late which hurt us. But we have to strive to finish football games the right way because When you're playing a team like Kansas or any other team we're going to play this year, you can have a great first half, and it really means nothing when you come out for the second half. Learn to finish games, stay together, keep getting better for next week.
1: Throughout the second half, they score every time they touch the ball. You say it's flat, but they do anything different? you know,
2: we're going to go back and watch the film. The third down conversions just killed us. Um, we had them in some good advantage situations. We thought we had some decent calls. We just got to execute the calls and, and, and get the guy down before the sticks. Because again, you can't have wide open lands with a really talented quarterback like we've talked about all week. They're a really good offense. Again, I thought we had a good tight plan. We just got to execute when the time comes.
1: Quickness of that team just seemed to be a problem at times. Whether it was making you guys miss in open field, just breaking tackles and everything, just what you see there, is where it was a struggle.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a reason that they have those offensive numbers that they have. Um, but but again, it goes back to what did we do to allow those things to happen? Clearly, in the first half, we can tackle their backs and tackle their wide receivers. We just got to do a better job coming out of halftime, and, and and that's on us as coaches. We have to be able to inspire for a second half football team and grow from that.
1: Bringing up second half football team—that's kind of what we talked about going into yeah. the week when we brought up Arkansas last year and everything. Just got, just to not see that—I'm one, I'm sure that's something you've been preaching all
2: week. Yeah, absolutely. It's frustrating, um, but again, you know, we have a long season ahead of us. This is this is a big game for us. The guys in there are frustrated. We're frustrated as coaching staff, but. Long season. All right, the guys in that locker room have a ton of talent. We have a, we're gonna have a good football team. By the time this thing shakes out, I I love the way the guys in the locker room. You know, we talked about it. Let it hurt. You know, it needs to hurt. This is not, again, we don't, we don't talk about. Yeah, we played great, and the the score is 48 to 17. Um, We have a lot of work to do, and I think we'll do just that when we get back to work.
1: And when you see some of the glimpses in there, there were some glimpses where it looked like you guys could stay in that game, make it a, make it close at the end. Just what did you like as far as some of the things you guys did tonight?
2: Yeah, it's not it's not all bad. You know, again, when you go back and watch watch the film, we we put our guys in situations to make real plays, and and we had some guys that you know, guys standing right behind you, Jamari stepped up, made some made some great catches. Um, you know, at times we ran the ball decently. Still have to shore up the front and be able to run the ball more effectively. But you know, on defense again, we we were aggressive early and and it paid off at times, but we we had some breakdowns in the second
0: half.
1: We've been up on you offensive line, offensive line didn't get the rushing numbers you probably would have wanted to see establish that run as much? but you only allow one sack? to seem like they had a lot of time to throw.
2: Us. Yeah, we did better with our protection, um, but we have to do a better job of establishing the run and moving the line of scrimmage. As you saw, there were too many guys in the backfield. First contact was in the backfield, I would say, majority of the time. Again, we'll look at the analytics of it and see when first contact was made, but we have to get Good push up front. We talked about it all week, like you said. If you can establish the run, that's the only way to create more opportunities for our quarterback and our White House to make plays. Speaking
1: of quarterback, we see Jacob take every snap behind center. Was that the plan all along, or just how did it play into that?
2: That was how the game shook out. Jacob did a nice job taking the reins. Um, He knew that he was going to go out with the first huddle, which was great. He did things. Again, he was effective and efficient as our quarterback. Jacob is a smart player with a, with a good arm. He showed ability to escape rush when he needed to and then push the ball down the field when we had open players. Did he do enough
1: tonight to just kind of feel comfortable with that going forward?
2: Hard to say, we got to look more going into it, uh, but Jacob did a, certainly did a good job. And the nice thing about what Jacob was able to do tonight is his offense was looking to him for leadership and he answered the bell. He, he's, a, he's a solid young man that, that has a good head on his shoulders that people want to follow.
1: And just seeing some of the some of the fourth down calls there uh, there was one in the second half maybe one late second, maybe one uh, late second quarter you have a fourth and two at your own 48 you have a fourth and one your own 34. You decide to punt both times it turns into points just was, what was the thought process behind both of those or? yeah
2: at that at that point we were playing decent we were playing decent defense so you always want to give them a long field don't give a really good offense the, the short field, just in case. But, you know, again, we can look back on those and learn from it. And we decided to punt, and we thought that was the right decision.
1: Just uh, for you, uh, going out there first game and everything, just how do you feel uh, just being out there for the first time, as
2: coach? Well, again, we're sitting here and it's 48 17, so I'm just going to be honest with you that that's frustrating. Um, no one wants to come back in here and have one of these, but uh, I like our football team. I'm, the, the score is what it is. I like the guys in that room. I think we're going to have a good football team. They believe in each other. They believe in what we're trying to do here. And again, I don't think this will be indicative of what we have moving forward. What's the
1: plan the next couple of days? You get an extra day there with the Friday night game?
2: Yeah, so we'll go home tonight. Um, tomorrow we'll go through the film, have meetings. Uh, we'll have a team run. And then a player's day off will be Sunday. And then we'll have basically a mini Tuesday on Monday and roll the rest of the way into uh, UT Martin.
1: Vaughn, we talked about uh, the tail two halves, so where that, that second half gets away from you guys who aren't able to get off the field. Just What was it there in the second half you noticed where they were able to score each time they touched the ball?
2: Uh, it was communication, really, uh, between the back end and linebackers all the way up front.
1: Um, we just didn't communicate effectively, and uh, our tackling wasn't where it was supposed to be in the second half. We talk about communication. There's some new faces, especially on the back end that's something you just need to, that you notice, needs to start growing? That's something you guys No, know. yeah, uh,
0: we have some young players back there,
2: uh, which is great. It's fine. It's good. Um, but yeah, we just got to get uh, them to get in the playbook and just kind of knowing what's going on more. And that's uh, from bottom, bottom to top. You know, it's everyone. It's not just the back end. It's linebackers, D-line, safeties, corners. It's all around
1: I can see in your eyes it hurts. A uh, loss like this hurts you. Yeah. Um, just what what's kind of going through your mind right now? Um,
0: yeah, it's never fun, especially because we played them really hard in the first half, and you know we thought we were
2: going to come out in the second half and be a second half football team like we like to say we are. Um, yeah, it, it hurts. But we'll get back next week and uh, fix you, make the adjustments, and get back on the road.
1: What's it take to be that second half team? It's something we've been talking about all week. Uh, gotta be able to tackle better, communication, um, conditioning, uh, everything. Jacob, just kind of getting your getting the start and being not taken off the field. Just what was working for you out there most of the game to where you did put the offense in some good spots at some
0: point? Yeah, um, I mean, I think we could have done a lot better in the first half. Honestly, there was a lot of uh, execution errors on first down, which set us back some pre-snap penalties, which were my fault. Um, but we did some good things I'm really proud of. The guys up front and they played really hard and they were they were ready to play Um, and they gave me time to to sit back there and throw the ball
1: what did you notice from the guys up front because you were able to step up there a few times it was rough Um, maybe that first drive or two but it seemed to really come yeah they're
0: they're just playing really hard and they love each other Um, they love playing football we got guys rotating in and out so they can stay fresh Um, and we just have we have a lot of good football players up front this year
1: Mario, just being able to make some plays there, to, uh, get you score the touchdowns there, just what was working for you and what you noticed in the offense tonight that you can build off of?
0: Uh, just execution, pretty much. Uh, just coming out
1: and then we're running plays that Coach Nick grew up, caught up for us, coming out there and just executing. And getting a lot of your first opportunities right now is just kind of being a main guy at that offense, just uh, being able to step up and be able to do a couple of good things on the big stage tonight. So what, do you, what do you think that does for you and some of those other guys going forward? Um, it definitely opened a lot of things up. At the end of the day, as a team sport, we only score 17 points to what? They're 41 or 48. So we got to come out here and execute a little bit more about Jacob, when you know it's a two quarterback, Coach is saying two quarterbacks going into the night, you're able to just kind of claim that throughout the night. Just what was. Kind of working for you to where you had that confidence and you were just making it yours and not letting coach question somebody else
0: in. Yeah, honestly, that's not something I even thought about. Um, I thought about going out there and just executing one play at a time and trying to be the best leader for the offense that I could be.
1: And the two picks late, just um, is it trying to make something happen kind of late in the game as it's, it away from you? It's or?
0: just two critical errors that can't happen. I mean, the score is 48 to 17, but I put the defense in a really bad position. They gave them 14 points. It's just two critical areas that can't happen and won't happen again. So
1: what do you want to see from the offense this week? If the defense guys talk about wanting to build on that communication, what do you want to see from the offense?
0: Yeah, I just want to see um, a lot of focus and a lot of intent on every play in practice, um, continuing to master the offense, master assignment. Um, and we're, we're going to be a really good offense if we can do that throughout practice.